Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. He's worthy, right? Is he worthy of our trust? Man, you better believe it. Right? Right? Now, it's cool because when you think of the word trust, right, we trust when we don't have a word. We trust when we don't have a word. And to trust literally means to attach oneself to. So when I am trusting in God, what I am doing is I am attaching myself to his nature and his character. I don't have a specific word, but God, you're good. I don't have a specific word right now, but God, you're faithful. I don't have a word right now, but God, you're merciful and you're gracious. God, you're so, so good. So when I trust, I attach myself to his nature and character, and it's such an intimate thing, right? The picture I get is of a, of a branch and a vine. See, the branch attaches itself to the vine no matter what, right? To the goodness of that vine. And in that thing, that branch has life, right? Because the vine is the source of life. So when I attach myself to God, I'm saying, God, I'm the branch. You're the vine. Here I am, God. You're too good. You're too good. It's such an intimate thing, God. Oh, I want to be with you. I want to be near you. All I want to know is you, you, you. I want to focus on you and your nature and character. And it's such a cool thing. Such a cool thing. And I want to point out here, right? I want to read something here. Psalm 91, verse 1 through 4, it talks about the faithfulness of God, right? We're talking about trust, right? And one of the characteristics of God, one of the things that represents his nature and character is the reality that he is faithful, okay? So his faithfulness is something that I can trust in. Agree? Yeah? All right. So this is what the psalmist says about the faithfulness of God. And this is Psalm 91. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. And verse 4 is what I want to really focus on today. He will cover you with his pinions. And under his wings, you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark, right? His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. That's such a beautiful, beautiful picture of what God's faithfulness looks like. It's literally a shield and a bulwark, okay? So I want to break down the three facets of the word shield, and I want to talk about what a bulwark is, because I believe when we come to an understanding of what that looks like, we come to a better understanding of what God's faithfulness looks like. And then it gets us to a place where our hearts are like, yeah, I can trust him because he's faithful, right? I'm a very visual learner, so I like to see things, right? I love the book of Psalms because it paints beautiful pictures, man. The word of God does in general, but Psalms is just a beautiful thing, right? So I'm going to paint a picture for you today. Is that cool? All right. So when we look at the word shield, right, the Hebrew word for the word shield in this particular passage is Sinah, Sinah. And there are three facets to this word, all right? And I want to point out each facet because I believe they're very critical and they all come together very, very well. So the first facet is a hook or a barb. So think about barbed wire. If you have something that you're protecting, a dwelling, a house, a building of some sort, whatever the case may be, you're trying to protect that thing, you surround it with barbed wire, Guess what cannot get in, right? 
People are not going to come in and, and try to get over that thing, right? That place is being protected by that barb, right? That barbed wire, okay? The same very thing takes place with us in relationship to our God, right? He's our shield. He's our barb, right? So when the enemy tries to attack us, the enemy is like, all right, I can get to him. I can get to him. But then he stops short because that barb is there. That hook is there. Oh, I can't get any closer. And God says, no, this one's mine. Hey, you come against him, you're coming against me, right? And I'm for him, right? And he's fighting from victory, right? That's what the picture looks like. And I want to honor my son here because I promised him I'd do this. My son's really into dinosaurs, right, Z? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And thinking on the picture of a barb, right, and a hook, right, I want to read to you a blurb in one of his dinosaur books. And let me show you the picture first, right? This is a picture of an ankylosaurus, right? Look at those barbs. Look at those hooks on his, on his armor there, right? Right? You think anybody's trying to come up against that dinosaur? I don't think so. I don't think so, right? I don't think so. But I want to read this blurb because it's so cool here. I was reading it. I was like, man, God, this is us right here. This is so cool. I'm going to read this little blurb. An ankylosaurus would drink peacefully from a mountain stream. Its armor protected it from attacks by meat eaters. You see that? See the peace that this ankylosaurus operated in because he knew he was protected? Oh, my goodness. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Philippians, right? Philippians said, be anxious for nothing, right? But in everything by prayer, by supplication, with thanksgiving. Like make your request be made. No. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah all right. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, right, with supplication, and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, right? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, right? That's that ankylosaurus, right? Right? Peace. Drinking by the stream. Peace. Because he knows that he's protected. We, we have access to that peace that surpasses all understanding, right? We can, we can be anxious for nothing, right? Right? We can come before God and plead our case with thanksgiving. God, you're too good. You're for me. You're faithful. And God's like, yeah, here's my peace. Yeah, Lord. No matter what's taking place, no matter the tribulation, no matter the circumstance or situation, woo, I'm walking in peace, baby. You're good, God. You're so good. Cool, cool. So y'all get that first picture of a barb in relationship to what a shield looks like? Cool. So that's number one. Number one. Number two. When we talk about a shield, sinna in this particular case, another definition of this world, this word is coolness or cold snow. Okay? And I was talking to the Lord, really trying to fully understand what this looks like for us. And I just had this thought come across this across my mind again. And um, it was this place of of what happened in World War II. Okay? Many historians argue that the downfall for Hitler, the downfall for the Nazis, took place when they tried to invade Russia. Okay? So when they tried to invade Russia, what happened is Russia wasn't armed to defend itself accurately. Russia didn't have the resources. But what Russia had was a cold winter. Cold winter. So the Nazis tried to invade. They went in prematurely. And all of a sudden, that cold winter eradicated and destroyed the enemy. All right? You see, when the enemy tries to come up against us, our shield is faithful. Our God is faithful. He's that coolness. 
he's that cold snow. And the enemy comes in and says, oh, my goodness, this, he knows Jesus. I can't mess with him, right? If I, <laughs> or if I try to mess with him, what's going to happen is he's going to start to be conformed to the very image of Christ. He's going to grow, right? He's going to grow. And the enemy tries to come up against me, and there's a shield, the coolness of God, the cold snow. He protects me, all right? So not only is he the barb, but he's the coolness, and he's the cold snow. Two, is that cool? All right. And then last but not least, right, Sinah. It refers to a shield, of course, but it's not just a shield that deflects arrows. It's an impenetrable shield. So what that means is when the arrows, the fiery arrows of the enemy, the enemy comes up against us, God doesn't just sit there deflecting them, but he destroys them completely. Destroys them completely. I think of a a place surrounded by a barrier or a force field, and all of a sudden the missiles of this world try to attack that place, attack that thing. And when the missiles try to hit, once they hit that barrier, they don't just deflect and fall away, but they, they explode. And that place is secure and safe in the Lord. All right? That's who we are as well in relationship to who we are in Christ as our shield, our Sinah. Right? So you all get that picture? Is that cool? Hook, barb, coolness, cold snow, and impenetrable shield. Such a cool thing, man. Such a cool thing. Wow. So moving on, right? That last word, bulwark, right? The Hebrew word is sokera, right? And sokera literally means something surrounding a person, all right? So what the psalmist is saying in this particular passage is that the defense that we have in the Lord, his shield, right? Who he is as our shield, that shield surrounds us, all right? So not only is he our sinner, our shield, so not our shield, but he's our Sokera. He surrounds us as well. So when we say that we're surrounded by angel armies, like that's a real thing. Like that's the reality of it. Like our God surrounds us, and he's faithful, and he's for us. So catch this picture of these barbs or hooks just surrounding us, right? This coolness of cold snow just surrounding us. This impenetrable shield just surrounding us. That's our God in relationship to him being our shield. Is he worthy of our trust? Right? And the psalmist is cool because the psalmist said his faithfulness is our shield. Right? So his trustworthiness, right? His reliability, right? That's our shield. He's a faithful God. He's trustworthy. Yeah? Make sense? Cool? Yeah? All right. (laughs) Sweet. Sweet. Now, that's what it looks like when we trust God as our shield. We don't have a word. But I think that God has also called us to partner with him, right, to see him be our shield, not only in the trusting, right? We talk about faith. There are two facets to the word faith. Trusting when we don't have a word. But we also can walk with God as our shield when we do have a word. And the verb form of the word faith in that instance is believe, okay? So I can make firm the word of God. I can believe the word of God, right? And when I believe the word of God, when I make firm that word in my heart, God is still my shield. He's still my shield. It's so cool. We can believe as well. So what does it look like practically to believe the word of God, to make firm the word of God in an instance of a battle, in an instance where the enemy is firing those 
flame arrows, those fiery arrows at us? What does it look like to believe God is my shield? And I believe the perfect picture of this took place when Jesus walked this earth as a man, fully God, fully man. And I'm going to turn to the book of Matthew. I want to read verses 4, 1 through 11, right? This is what it looks like to believe, right? God is our shield and what that, what that looks like and how that applies to us. And I want to ask somebody, if you don't mind, Isaiah, do you mind, brother? Do you mind coming up here for me and reading this for me? All right. <laughs> All right. So God is our shield, Lord. So Lord, the Lord has called us to take up the shield of faith, right? Right. I believe, God, your word. I'm taking up your word in this moment. When the enemy's attacking with lies, he's attacking me in this place of trying to defile who you are and what you say about me, God. When he's trying to speak contrary to your truth, God, I'm going to choose to believe, make firm your word. I'm going to choose to pick up the shield of faith in this moment. And I believe Jesus did this very, very same thing. So I want to give you guys a visual picture because, like I said, I'm a visual learner, okay? So I'm going to do a little bit of acting for you. I'm not the greatest actor or anything like that. I don't claim to be. But I'm going to have my boy, my brother, Isaiah, read verses 1 through 11. And as he reads these things, when Isaiah speaks truth, when Jesus is speaking truth, I'm going to lift up the shield of faith, all right? <laughs> it's pretty cool because we just came from a birthday party. I believe this is so cool. It's so prophetic. We came from a birthday party, and it was an Avenger-themed party, right? Samuel had a birthday. Samuel Curtis, yeah, yeah. Chad, Desiree, what's up? <laughs> had a birthday party, and it was an Avenger-themed birthday party, and my oldest son, Zeke, of all the Avengers, he went as Captain America, of course, right? <laughs> so when he goes at Captain America, I'm like, yeah, there's a shield involved in that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, all right, I'm going to pick up my shield of faith, too. My son did, so I'm going to as well. All right, so Isaiah, if you don't mind reading, and I'm going to just kind of do the little background thing. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mom. All right, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you, brother. All right, Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yeah. Then the devil took him into the holy city, and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will give his angels charge concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. <laughs> Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things will I give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord, your God, and serve him only. <laughs> yeah. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to minister to him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> yeah, look at that, man. Man, I want to I wanna walk in that place, man. When the enemy attacks, I'm like, yo, I know who I am in Christ. This is what Christ says. This is what God says about me. You're speaking something totally contrary to that. It's a lie, right? And the way I combat that lie is with truth, right? Here's the truth. Boom, boom, boom. So I want to get to that place. Does anybody else want to be in that place? I want to, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I looked at this scripture and I was like, Jesus, how did, how did you get here? How do you get to this place where I know you're the son of God? I know that. I know that, that you're the living word. I know that. But how did you practically get to this place? And it was cool because right before this happened, do you remember what took place? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus was being baptized by John the Baptist, right? When he comes about the water, God himself declares, this is my beloved son, right? In whom I'm well pleased. Yeah, he declares that. And it says that he's led into the wilderness and he did what? What did he do when he was being led into the wilderness? Do you guys remember? Yeah. And after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Check this out. The first thing that Jesus says when the enemy attacks is, man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, Jesus took God's word personally. We can take it personally, y'all. You see this Bible, this, this word of God, the logos, right? Written word. It's a love letter to us. Like, God has exclusively written that love letter for you. And he wants you to take it very personally, right? He wants you to take it intimately. Like, this is what I'm speaking to you. This is who I say you are. This is who you are in me, right? This is how I'm calling you to live. This is for you. So the first thing I see is that Jesus takes this very personally. When God says, you're my beloved son, Jesus doesn't just write it off as like, well, you're just speaking, God, cool. No, he says, I am a beloved son in whom you are well pleased. I'm going to walk in that. Cool. So sweet. And in this place of fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, right, Jesus wasn't feeding on the natural food. He wasn't feeding on the physical food, but he was feeding on something else. What was he feeding on? The word of God, right? There was this place where Jesus was like, I'm feeding on your word, God. Nothing else even matters. I'm not even looking to anything else as my source in this moment. You're my source of life, God. You sustain me. You're my everything. I'm going to choose to set apart a specific time to say, Lord, fill me with your word. Speak your truth. Right? And I think that we can even walk in that place as well. I believe we can. And it's cool because we can do so through something very specific. Right? And that word is meditate. Right? See, in a place where things are going well, right, when the battle's not on necessarily, where we're not walking in tribulation, I think God is calling us to meditate on his word. I think he's calling us to meditate on his word. And if you look at the word meditate, it simply means to focus one's thoughts on, right, to ponder, to muse, all right? So when I'm meditating on the word of God, I'm just like, God, I'm choosing to focus, set my mind on truth in this moment, God. Who do you say I am, God? Specifically, who do you say I am, God? And I have that passage of scripture or that verse run through my mind, set my mind on it all day. And the cool thing about God's word is I'll sit down sometimes and I'll go into it like, God, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to spend 30 minutes with you. I'm going to read four chapters and it's going to be so cool, right? And I go, on, go in it with that heart, like, God, I want to know you. And I get stuck on one verse. And that verse is so sweet. And it's so good. And, I'm like, and then the Lord says, Craig, pause. 
meditate on this verse throughout the day. Day and night, meditate on this verse. So I take it and I chew on it, right? I meditate on it. I focus my thoughts on it all day. People will look at me at the rec center like, hey, man, are you ready to check me in, dude? What's all? You're falling asleep? And then it's like, I'm not. I'm just like thinking about the word of God in the moment. I'm really not ignoring them. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. My mind was somewhere else. It was on God's word, you know? <laughs> I was setting my mind on his word. But it's just an awesome place where God's calling us to meditate on his word. Because the cool thing is when we meditate on it, right, it's an, it's an avenue for that thing to be established in our heart, right, to be made firm, right? It's an avenue where, man, if I keep setting my mind on that thing which is good, which is lovely, which is perfect. Eventually, man, that thing is going to come from a place of being not only in my mind, but being in my heart as well, right? It goes from the conscious to the subconscious. It goes from a place of just simply receiving it to knowing it, right? And you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free, right? So we're called to meditate, right? We're called to meditate. And there's another aspect of the word meditate that I want to share on today that's pretty cool as well. I think it's pretty awesome. So it was awesome when the Lord revealed this. So hopefully y'all think it's awesome too. We'll find out. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to read from Joshua 1. And I'm going to read verses, chapter, or sorry, Joshua 1, verse 5 through 8. Joshua 1, verse 5 through 8. All right. Joshua 1, verse 5 through 8. Let me turn that real quick. Joshua 1. Should have had a mark so I could got to it easier. That's okay though. That's okay, go. All right. Joshua, Joshua, there you are, there you are. Yeah, there you are. All right. Joshua one verses five through eight, and this is the cool aspect of what it means to meditate as well. And I know for me, I had totally, I had completely even had a lack of knowledge in regards to, like, this facet of meditation. But when the Lord revealed this thing, man, it was so powerful. It was so powerful. All right, so Joshua 1, verses 5 through 8. And this happens, this takes place after Moses dies, and God himself now is calling Joshua to lead his people to the promised land, okay? And verse 5 says this, No man, this is God speaking, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. In verse 8. Here we go. It's very key here. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. All right. So the first part of verse eight, very interesting. It says this book of the law shall not depart from your what? Your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have success. You see, another facet of the word meditate in this particular scripture, right? The Hebrew word is Haggah, and it literally means to murmur. To murmur, okay? So in this place of meditating on the word of God, right, there's a facet to it 
where I believe God is calling us to speak life, right? The power of life and death is in the what? In the tongue, right? When God created the heavens and the earth, he said, he said, let there be, and there was, right? And we're created in his image as well. Is that not right? Right? So he's given us this power of life and death in the tongue, right? And we, I know for me, I've likened that unto if I'm talking to a, somebody else, I'm going to choose to speak life. But I totally forsook the reality that I am called to speak life into my own heart as well, right? So this murmur, right? This mumbling, right? It's a real thing. Like Isaiah, right? It's okay to talk to yourself, right? It's okay to talk to yourself, right? You're not crazy. You're not crazy, right? For me, in my heart right now, in this moment, it's crazy not to talk to myself. It's crazy not to speak truth into my heart, right? When God says something to me, not only do I want to meditate on it in terms of thoughts, setting my mind on it, but I want to speak that thing. Like, God, you're good. God, woo, I'm the beloved son in whom you're well pleased, God. That's what you say about me. And I choose to audibly, verbally speak that forth, right? I send that forth. I confess that. To confess literally means to speak the same thing as. You see, God's already spoken it. Now it's my turn to agree, right? I agree through my confession, right? It's okay to talk to yourself. Is that not cool? Is that not awesome? (laughs) It's okay. So I want to share with you guys just a short testimony of what's been going on in my life in relationship to this word. Um, And it might have been an even a place where every word of God is tested moment. It might have been that. Because it, it took place when I was sorting this word out and just trying to hear from the Lord in regards to what he wanted me to share, right? And um, so I'm going to share that. I want to be open and honest with you guys, right? For me, I don't struggle with appearance, really. It's not something that I deal with. But as I was preparing this word, I remember one morning last week just looking in the mirror. And if you all can tell, I don't know, it's kind of far away. But they're like these dark spots that are like on my face that have come out of nowhere. I don't know if they have to do with age or hereditary thing. I don't know. I have no clue. But it's like there's one here. There's like one on my cheek. Like my beard is covering this one. There's like a small one here. And I was looking in the mirror. And I was like, what is going on? What is going on? And then all of a sudden I heard this. I heard this word. I heard this word. It was, wasn't cool. I was like, heard this thing where it was like, Craig, you're ugly, dude. Like, you're ugly. Man, what's wrong with you? Your face is ugly, dude. What's going on? And how many of y'all know that not every thought is my thought, right? Not every thought that I think is my thought. And I believe that in this particular instance, this wasn't my thought. Because it's not something I, I mean, I, I, I don't get them. I don't even, I just wake up this thing, I'm ready to go, you know what I'm saying, right? I'm ready to go. You look at my hair, it's crazy, right? But I believe in this instance, this thought was an attack from the enemy. I really believe that. And it was in this place, while I was preparing this word, that I was literally meditating on the scripture, meditating on some things that God was just highlighting to me. And one of the things that he, he brought to my attention, he led me to in his word, was, was Song of Solomon's 4-7, right? And it says that, you are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you, right? So in that moment where the enemy was speaking these lies, right, I had been meditating on this word, and I still had an opportunity to meditate on it even further in terms of confessing it now, speaking it. So in that place where the enemy spoke lies, 
right? I could have chose to do one of two things. I could have either grumbled. Oh, God, you're right. Yeah, I'm looking kind of crazy. My face is deteriorating. I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah, you're right. Ah, blah. I don't know what's happening. I could have grumbled or I could have mumbled truth, right? Murmured truth. And in that instance, I chose truth. I said, God, yeah, I am altogether beautiful, right? There is no flaw in me. God, you say in the book of Genesis that I'm created in your image. God, you say in the book of Psalms that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I was doing this in the mirror. I was speaking this to myself. I was murmuring this thing. I was, right, getting to a place where this thing was being internalized and personalized, right? I was meditating on the word of God. And in that place, I tell you, this is, I'm, I would not, I'm not, this is, this is the truth beyond the truth beyond the truth. I did this the whole day. I just kept just meditating on speaking this thing. Right. Somebody probably looked at me and thought I was crazy at one time. I mean, that's fine. But I remember that at the end of the day, that lie was destroyed. That place where the enemy said you were ugly, boom, it was gone away. It wasn't even a thought. Like that, that, the, the only thing that filled my mind and my heart was the reality of who God said I was. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm altogether beautiful. I'm created in his image. And that's all that flooded my mind, and that's what sank into my heart. Right? So the enemy, when he came to try to attack me again, no chance. Because I've made this thing firm in my heart now. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. But that's a practical way of what it looks like when we meditate on God's word. Man, it's so cool. Right? Ben brought up a good point even in prayer. Right? Why, why speak it? Why say it? Why not just think it? You know, that's cool. I understand that. Thinking it, yes. Setting our mind on it, yes. Yes. But we don't forsake speaking it because the word of God says that faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So in order to hear... There's got to be speaking, right? Something's got to be spoken, all right? So in this place of meditating, guess what it also did? It built my faith, right? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when I murmured and I and mumbled the word of God and I spoke it, spoke it over and over again into my heart, right? It came to a place where now my faith was secure in this thing. I believe this word, right? But it grew in the speaking and hearing of the word, right? Does that make sense? Is that cool? Is that cool? Wow, God, you're so good. Oh, man, I think he's so awesome. Do y'all think he's awesome? Y'all, I mean, blessed is the Lord, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's an awesome thing because even in a place of meditating, murmuring this thing, um, the reality of 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, right, it comes about. You know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God, right? Mighty by God to the, to the pulling down of strongholds, right? Casting down imaginations um, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, right? In that moment, I had an opportunity to walk in, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, right? Because this thought was not mine. Right? But I had to bring this thought captive. And it was in the place of confessing truth, meditating on truth, that this thought was brought captive to the obedience of Christ. Does that make sense? And he was my shield in that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so sweet. So I'm going to ask Mitch to come up here for me, if you don't mind. Appreciate you, bro. You cool? You good? You good? Shake it off. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to ask you to do something for me real quick. All right. Sweet. <laughs> All right. So... 
So we know we're called to meditate on the word, right? We're called to set our mind, focus our mind on the word of God. We're called to ponder the word of God. We're called to muse on the word of God. We're called to also murmur the word of God into our hearts. Confess it, right? Speak the same thing as God does. Agree with that word. But there are times in my life where I want to grab hold of the shield, right? The shield of faith, right? Yeah, Lord, this is who I am. Enemy can't come up against me, right? I want to grab hold of it, right? It's here. It's available for me. But I just don't have a word. I don't have a word, right? So I'm sitting here. I'm like, what's the word? God, I want to know you. What's the word? I could search it out in scripture, yes. God himself can speak to me through the rhema word. Yes, I know that. But I think there's a place where the body of Christ is also called into action, right? And in this place, when I don't necessarily have word, my brother here could have him for me, right? And to exhort, or exhortation means to call alongside or call into action, right? So in this place of me wanting to pick up the shield, Mitch can come alongside me and call me into action, right, by speaking or proclaiming or declaring truth into me in this moment, right? So, so Mitch. Craig, you I'm, are all together. Yeah, brother. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Declare, bro. Yeah. Yeah, there's a place of exhortation that we're called to as the body of Christ, right? Prophecy has three facets to it, to edify or build up, to exhort, to call into action or call alongside, or to console, right? Consolation, which means to comfort, comfort, all right? So in this place, like, Mitch is being prophetic, speaks that prophetic word, that living word, that sharper than any two-edged sword word into my heart. And I'm just like, yeah, that's who I am, Mitch. Boom, right? And he exhorts me in that. So I think that there's a place for that as well. The place for that as well. You know, I don't take this thing lightly anymore. I used to. I'm not, I'm, I used to. I used to be like, hey, God, you know, you're speaking a word to, you're speaking a word right now to Bev, Lord. And are you calling me to share it, God? Should I? Is this you? Hmm. Oh, man. And I sit there, and all of a sudden, Bev walks out the door, and I never share that word with her. You know what I'm saying? But now my place is in, my heart is in a place where it's like, no, it's go time. Like, it's go time. Like, I want to see my sister walk in freedom, right? So I want to declare this thing into her. Like, Bev, yeah, you're altogether beautiful. Yeah, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, Bev. Yeah, this is who you are. You're created in his image. Yeah, he lives in you, and he loves you so much. You're precious. You're his beloved daughter in who he's well pleased. Like, it's the reality of it. Like, I want to proclaim and declare those things into her heart because I want to see her walk in freedom. Like, I want to see her walk in freedom. And there's this place in me where, like, God's like, Craig, let's go. Like, you hear my voice. You know my, my sheep know my voice. All right? If, if I'm speaking and it's lining up with the written word of God, like, don't second guess it. Speak it. Speak it forth. Speak it out. Right? Because there's freedom in that thing. It's freedom for the body, man. It's freedom. And it's just a cool, cool and amazing picture. <sighs> yeah. Lord, you're good. You're good. You're good. So, yeah. So I, I had an idea for just a response. Um, Mitch, if you're hearing anything different, or Ben, if you're hearing anything different, please come up here and, you know, correct me. And whatever the case is, that's fine. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I just want to see the Lord do what he wants to do. I guess that's what I want to see. So um, I think there's a place even on today um, for just exhortation. Um, I think there's a place where some of us are wanting to grab hold of the shield. And we're in one of two areas. We're in a place where 
our heart, which is represented by my hand here, right? It's just crippled and it's hurt, right? There have been past offenses. There have been lies that have been sown into my heart that are hindering me from picking up the shield, right? Picking up the shield of faith, making firm the word of God. So in that place, I believe there's an opportunity on today, right? To pray with someone, have somebody pray over you to see that thing, that would see this thing that's crippling my heart, that lie, right? Be fully renounced, right? There's a place of walking in repentance, forgiveness, renouncing that lie and allowing God to heal my heart, right? So that when my heart is healed in him, I can truly walk in freedom by knowing this truth and allowing it to set me free. I can pick up this shield. So I think there's a place to pray over those of us who have been believing a lie, right? Whatever that lie is or, 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 or whatever that past offense is, whatever it is, man, just praying over us, praying into us that we, be, we, we, we repent, walk in forgiveness and mercy, renounce that thing, be fully healed in Christ, and have an opportunity to see truth established in our heart, okay? So I believe there's, that's number one. And then number two, I believe there are a lot of us where, or not a lot of us, but some of us maybe, where our heart is like, yeah, I'm ready to pick it up. Just like with Mitch and myself, right? I'm ready to pick it up. I want to know the word. I want to know what the truth. I want to know what God's saying about me in this moment. I think there's a place where there's someone here who has that specific word for you in that instance, all right? There's a place where somebody has that exhortation, that calling alongside, right? And there's a place where God is saying, speak that word to that person and see them walk in freedom. I think that's, I think that's also the response for today as well. All right, so y'all catch that? So I'm going to ask, oh, sweet, worship team. Yeah, good job, guys. Appreciate y'all. Y'all are amazing. <laughs> so cool. And um, I don't know, do we, Mitch, do we have the prayer team and everything up? Should I call them up or do you want to?